You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Gentlemen, start your engines! The following is a paid program. Warning, the views expressed come from men who've spent half their lives in grease-stained overalls, inhaling hazardous fluids. Before taking any advice, consider the source. This program will contain humor of a questionable nature. Buckle up, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your Saturday morning joyride on Zoomer Radio. Got a car question for Dave or Alan? Call now, 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Okay, Al. Yeah. Hit it. <laughs> yeah, was that a, was that a premature uh, yeehaw? <laughs> yeah. Hello, everybody. It's Dave's Corner Garage. I think you have pills for that. <laughs> yeah, I can't tell you any of this. None of those jokes. None of the jokes I know. I can tell. Wow, you we've never had it where the wheels fell off the show in the first introduction. You know, I've been on the air for thirty seconds and we've already lost it. Uh, Trevor Hutchinson is with us this morning. He's got some fascinating stories about money, buses. And arrest proving, so we want to hear that. Uh, Terry O'Keefe is in Ottawa at the Ottawa Gatineau International Auto Show. And I'm thinking, what's international but Ottawa and Quebec? <laughs> I won't go there either. Anyways, uh, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. We welcome your calls this morning. So if you do have a call that's interesting for the show, please do call in. Um, the last thing I was going to tell you this morning was we have a new page on our website called Media. And I went and dug up some old files there and there, and all of our videos from the auto show. Interviews with uh, Trevor, if you want to see what he actually looks like. Uh, and, and most of them are politically <laughs> correct. <laughs> most of them. Yeah, most of the guests that we have on a, on a regular basis are there. The auto show was a good time. I should also tell you we're starting up with a new contest next week. I won't tell you, but it's going to be a big one. Big one? Yes. Uh, it'll probably include rubber and... Oil and well, all kinds of stuff. So we can't. Well, that you. sounds. Uh, you were talking about Donald Trump earlier. That would fit <laughs> that that description. You know, oil, rubber. <laughs> we can't go there either. Anyway, <laughs> that's it about uh, Dave's Corner Garage. Um, I don't know. I'm just going to take a quick break, and we'll come back. I figured out why I got so excited and I yeehawed too pre- prematurely. Yes. Oh yeah, Norris. I yeah. was looking at our pal Norris, and he got to drive this Bugatti. Bugatti uh, Chiron. No, the, the first is the Veyron, and this is the Chiron. I don't know what the next one is. And the the Veyron was a million and a half. This one is about three. Three million dollars. Yeah. And what does he do? He goes to Timmy's for a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And, he goes, and the guy that's with him is screaming, don't get anything on those seats. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave's Corner Garage, you got a car care question. Make sure to give us a call right now. We'll be right back. Welcome back. We didn't go anywhere. We were just waiting for the commercial pack to finish, and it's Dave's Corner Garage. We're going to go right to the phones. We got a call from West Seneca, New York. We're going to take it because it's long distance. And Joe, good morning. How are you? Okay. That's it? Okay. You're alive. You woke up this morning. Things are great. (laughs) You still got snow there down in Buffalo way? Pardon? You still got snow down there? No, no, no. It's, It's just cold. 
Okay. All right. You got a question for us this morning? Yeah, I got a 2001 uh, Saturn, mm-hmm. and there's condensation. I don't know how the hell it got there in the headlights. How do you get that out? Okay. Uh, first off, the headlights are plastic, so that gives us the ability to actually drill a hole in them. And what's happened is somehow water or condensation, that forming water, has gotten into the pot. So when you heat it up and then it cools down, you've got condensation. So what we do is we drill a small hole, probably an eighth of an inch, either at the bottom of the light or in the back of the light. And this, the idea being that as that air inside the light warms up, it escapes and allows it to vent. All right? So to get rid of it, you have to really basically drill a small hole. An eighth of an inch, huh? Eighth of an inch. And uh, personally, I would just do it in the back of the, of the lens, you know, where it's that sort of white, gray plastic. Right, because if you do it in the front, the next time it rains, you're going to just, it'll be a, yeah. an access hole for water so to I get in. So i got to get in it from the inside then, huh? Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So in other and words, it's, it's, it's old enough to, uh, to, to actually leak water, and that's what's happening. Oh. And then it'll evaporate, huh? That's right. That's right. Yeah, as the air inside the bulb gets hot, that air actually dries out and, and, and leaves the bulb. And, but it has to be an eighth of an inch, no smaller? No. Well, you can do smaller, but then you probably want to make two of them. You know, you want to have that air be able to go in and out. Okay? It used to be a lot of problems with, that with, with Hondas. They used to have condensation problems, and like I say, drilling the small holes would, would cause it to, to, to go away. Because the lens on the cover of the light is, is clear, and it's a separate part of than the back of the light, which yeah. is uh, usually blown plastic that way, and the seal breaks, and that's how you get it in. So I have a question for you. That car is plastic? Yeah. So the body's plastic, but the frame is not, right? Well, yeah, that's right. And uh, uh, the hood and the trunk are metal. So the doors are plastic. I guess the yeah, roof is metal. Everything else is. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you have trouble like rust-proofing a car like that? Um, not not trouble. You just access a little differently. Uh, the, the fact is, you still have even you have plastic panels. You still have metal clips and everything that hold it together. Right, so you've still got to lubricate the lock mechanism, uh, hinge assemblies. They're all still metal as well. Well, sure. Same thing with your brake lines, your fuel lines, things like that, which which are cost very expensive when you have to replace them right. down the road. So Buffalo's a pretty bad area to drive a car. It's like Toronto. So do they? Is the call, Joe? Are you still there? Yeah. Okay. How? What kind of conditions is your car in? Beautiful. It is. Yeah. See what happened. I inherited it. it used to be my girlfriend's. And uh, the thing is, it was always in a garage. Mm-hmm. But so, they had it at the house, and for about two and a half months, it was outside. And that's where the condensation came from. Mm-hmm. You think that's uh, because of the changes of temperature? That's no. Why the, it's been babied all up. its life, and now it's outside again. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. You, you, you just take temperature differential over that period of time. Yeah. Um, It'll it'll condense pretty quickly. And everybody thinks, you know, you park in the garage and that's okay. Well, in the summer, that thing becomes an oven. And it it basically cooks your car. Yeah. So bottom line is, yeah, enjoy the car because it is uh, rather old. Yeah. All righty. Have a good morning. All right. Take care. Um, They do obviously have a lot of snow down that way. Do you have any uh, crown outlets down in western New York? We do. Yeah. Western New York's one of our biggest growing areas. Okay. Uh, So we've got... Four locations just within, uh, you know, probably 40 miles. 
of, of that area where where yeah. Joe is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I mean, it's they have the same climate we do. It's just more extreme. Well, they right? get more snow, obviously. Yeah, yeah, they get a lot of lake effect snow. A lot right? of lake effect. They use a lot of salt, a lot of chlorides down there. Um, but it's it's the temperature swing. Like right now, for them, as they start to warm up, mm-hmm. I mean, warming up for for them, they're still you know at zero. Right. Um, and basically, they're going to have two months of dealing with all of the salt and getting out of winter. And that's why the condensation is such a big issue, right? A lot, a lot of industries, automotive deals with it because we, you know, if we can get our cars in a garage, you go out all day, you've been driving or it's been sitting outside that's where it's correct. cold. You come into a 50, 60 degree garage, moisture starts to form. And, and that's why, especially as vehicles get older, as you guys see it all the time with, uh, with spark plugs and wires on vehicles that are older and, and starting, we see it a lot with uh, the electrical corrosion. You know, we used to see it where we do actually see like Fords, V8s and 10s, where they can't get the spark plugs out. They mm-hmm. snap off. I mean, there's a reaction between the actual spark plug and the cylinder head. And we look, that car comes in for service, and boy, we go on that. Oh, God. So we, <laughs> we spray everything to try and make sure the thing comes apart. Right. But there's actually specialists around town that will come to your shop and take that broken piece out. They drill it certain way, and they clean, and they get a spark plug cleaner out there. It's really amazing what, what damage uh, the salt does to a car. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of protection you can give it beforehand, you know. Yeah. Only, the only thing you can do with something like that is if you replace the spark plugs earlier rather than yeah, leaving yeah. them forever. And then put the anti-seize compound on them. But speaking of change of weather, I mean, you've often said that actually spring and fall are worse than actual winter when it comes to cars rusting, eh? Yeah, it is. And it's because it's just too cold in the winter. Uh-huh. The, 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 the rust is, is is almost dormant because when it gets so cold, you don't have the moisture. And if you don't have the moisture, the corrosion won't occur. But we know it's got a thought at some point, and once it does... Interesting. All righty, you hear the music? That means we got to go. Um, when we come back, I want to ask about electric vehicles because everybody's talking about it. And how did the folks at Crown actually handle that? And that's going to take us into a story about buses. Do you get a if big charge out of that kind of stuff? <laughs> What? <laughs> you get a big charge out of that kind of stuff? I get electrified. Uh, oh. <laughs> ah, little humor there. Very little. <laughs> Speaking of humor, uh, do you hear about the guy that changed the names of his, of his toilet from John to Jim? Why is that? Well, he feels better now when he says, I was at the gym this morning. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> little humor there. Very little. Gotta run. <laughs> we'll be right back. Okay. Um, in Germany and in Europe, they're actually having legislation that will be no more gas-powered vehicles as of 2030. And by 2020, they're saying that most of the vehicle production will turn either into hybrid or pure electric. And I look at the Chevy Bolt, it's, but it's almost 400 kilometers range. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's starting to become a generally used vehicle. Trouble is, it's very expensive. So, I mean, the government has to, has to support it for actually selling. So, as a rust-proofer, car maintenance special mm-hmm. company... Do you find that servicing an EV vehicle is different than a normal vehicle? It is. It is because you're, you're dealing uh, with the way the electrical system in the vehicle actually operates. And so um, you're dealing with, with different charges, different uh, currents running through it. But the, the real issue is is that the impact that, that chlorides and that have on the electrical system, yeah. that, that's, the real, that's the real issue. Uh, so our actual application of the majority of the vehicle is very similar. Uh, it's just paying special attention. Uh, one of the advantages of our product is its dielectric strength. 
and our electrical application in trucking, other industries is one of the main applications for our product. Now, before we go any further, yeah. us in the radio business don't know what a dielectric is. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's that's that's, 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 a, that's, when, a that's when your electric car was on the side yeah. of the road. Yeah, <laughs> <You're> dielectric. <laughs> so 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 basically, what happens is you can apply some products, and we'll just take your car battery. Uh, the problem is if a product doesn't have the right dielectric strength, it'll begin to break down because of the charge running through it. Okay. Okay. So you need a product that'll actually resist, uh, basically, so you're not transferring current. Uh, so you want something that's a non-conductor. But at the end of the day, you just want something that'll actually stay on and not break down because of it. So what they do is they do a dielectric test to see how the product holds up. You know, when you change your light bulb, there's that sort of a glue on the back of it that you'd never put back. That's the dielectric. That's the dielectric like, grease that yeah. you put on there. That's right. And so they've, you know, they've used grease for a lot of years, but the downside to grease is it collects dirt and particles yes. around it, can, can impact it. Uh, the other thing is a lot of them have solvents in it, and what happens is the solvents can affect uh, the plastic coating on wiring and things like that as well. So they're, they're pretty stringent on it, and, and we see that with EV vehicles, that that's going to be a bigger issue. Now, we were talking in, in – I'm sorry, Al. Look we were talking at break about electric buses. And you were yeah. saying that the government mandates they have to use them for so many years? Well, what, what happens in, in the, the transit industry in both oh. Canada and the U.S. is what happens is, is that they're, they're funded. Transit is not a money-making business. It's, mm. it's a, we know a, that. A, right? it's a service it's, it's, that the government has to provide to taxpayers. You got it. So what, what happens is, you know, we, we look at, you know, when, say, TTC or any other transit system maybe raises their prices, uh, the revenue they get from that covers a, a small fraction of what their overall operating cost is. Uh, but the government helps them in new bus purchase, new streetcars, things like that. And, but they mandate a specific lifespan that they have to be able to maintain the structures. Uh, what's happening now is uh, most cities in North America are looking at going to some form of a hybrid of either full electric or, uh, you know, a, a diesel electric bus. And that creates other challenges for them, too, because they, they operate a lot more than a car does. They'll put, you know, some, somewhere around 100, 120,000 kilometers on a year easily, wow. you know, depending on the route that they're operating. Uh, but they have corrosion issues. And like the gentleman we were talking to in West Seneca, talk about condensation is these buses are made with a tubular structure. Mm -hmm. And their biggest, one of their biggest corrosion issues is because moisture condenses inside this tubular structure and then can't get out, and it actually starts to corrode it from the inside out. From the inside, out. wow. Yeah. I remember the Checo buses. They were falling apart. Those are the bendy buses they were using? Yep. Well, they, they used to come over from Hungary. Hungary. And so the frame was made over there. They put the frame on a boat, shipped it over here. By the time it got here, the frame was already corroded from the journey, and then they started putting it together. And, yeah, they were called an Icarus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we come back. We're going to go into the phones and we're going to be answering some of your questions. All right. As a matter of fact, I remember when I worked for Volkswagen, you know, those cars had to be covered in wax because just yes. for the spray from the ocean. Yeah, yeah but it, you remember they shipped some of them outside sitting on the, on the deck. Well, exactly, yeah. exactly. All right. Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. Should have got inside cabins. I know they're a lot more money. <laughs> <laughs> this is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be back with cruising news after the break. You know, you ever hear the expression, you can never be too skinny or too rich? 
I've heard that. Well, here's my question. Or drive too slow. Exactly. Well, we've got Brian in Tilsonburg who's wondering, can you have too much crown in your car? Brian, go ahead. Hey, good morning. Hey. Yes, I've got an O2 Civic that I've had crowned every year. Uh-huh. And, uh, the, the crown is, crowning has done a good job on it. The only problem is I didn't do it this past year because the darn stuff is still leaking. It's on the floor every morning. There's residue. Every what? morning? Yes, sir. What color is your car? Hello? Hello? Yeah. What, what color yeah, is your car? It's beige. That's interesting. Usually it's the black cars that that happens to. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Two, two years would be would seem to be excessive, Brian. Um, well, I was, yeah, I was going to get it done this past yeah. year, but darn stuff leaking all over the floor. Yeah. It's a heck of a mess. Yeah. You know what I'd like to do is get it get it looked at for you. Uh, did you go to our shop in Tilsonburg? Yeah, I did. Okay. And they, did, said that's, they said that uh, they have no explanation for yeah. it. Wow. Well, they were yeah. very liberal with their the, installation. I was going to say that that that's exceedingly <laughs> unusual uh, to have it if it's if it's dripping for two years. But they buy more gallonage than anybody else, though. But they do seem to buy a lot of product. Yeah. <laughs> and I've got it all in the underneath somewhere. Yeah. Well, my guess is where it's dripping is from your doors, not not from the chassis, because if no. oh, it's uh, no, it's the uh, actually it's under the uh, engine area. Oh, maybe you got a motor leak. Do you have an oil leak? Maybe you no, got a. No, no, it's it's not. It's the crown that's leaking down there. You can tell by the color. You know, I suggest you better have them have a peek at it. Yeah, yeah. Have have, have, have they actually looked at your vehicle for you, Brian? They haven't looked at it. Oh. No. So you know what? I would I would call them up and get it in the shop. They'll take a look at it for you. Put it up in a hoist. Yeah. And and take a look at it because that that is unusual. Yeah. If there's any uh, any dry areas, they'll spray them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, outside of that, everything's been fine. As I say, I, I've still got the original uh, exhaust system on the car after all these years mm -hmm. and because of the crown. Uh, well, I would take Trevor up on it. Go yeah. by your local crown dealer in Tilsonburg there, and he'll lift it up. Yeah. And if there's any issues, he'll take care of them for you. Yeah, seriously. Uh, hopefully. All right, Brian? Good. Okay, then. Thanks, Thank Brian. You. you know, actually, I think this problem is an engine leak. It could very well be. Yeah. You know what? We just, I had a call a little while ago from a customer who wasn't all too thrilled. You know, a lot of times when you take the oil filter off the yeah. car, the oil will run out and onto the frame. Yeah. And it, sometimes it goes into box sections of the frame, and then it can take days for that dirty oil to actually drip out. Yeah. So, you know, as much as we try to tell you guys to be careful, sometimes it, it continues to drip yeah. for a couple of days. And if you've got bricks in your driveway and you've got, uh, you know, architectural wherever you park yeah. it, uh, you get this chemical like the cat litter. You put that down, and it will absorb sure. up that oil. Yeah. Well, and, and even on the the frame of your vehicle, what'll happen is the crown will actually soak into the actual frame of it. And you know, if you've driven it for two years on the road, just kind of the the road dirt and that mm -hmm. will actually hold it to the frame. So it, it it's very unusual you'd see that. What do you suggest that people use to to clean the excess crown off? Um, the nice thing is you can use you can use a very light de degreaser mm -hmm. or. Uh, you can even use um, laundry detergent. Oh, you yeah? take some laundry detergent, a little mm -hmm. bit of hot water. That's that works very, very you're well. You're kidding? Yeah. So you're soaking in it. Well, <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, not the palm olive. <laughs> but if, if you take a like, like sometimes when people like we have a, we have a mirror hanger we put in the vehicle. And we tell people, especially for if you have an interlocking mm -hmm. stone driveway because it's porous. Park on the street. It, right. It, it'll <laughs> drive in there. But if we want to get it out of there, one of the things we'll do is we'll take something like a tide, some warm water, mix it up, uh, because it it it'll draw it up. 
Uh, we're going to go to Niagara Falls. We're going all over Ontario. Good morning. Hey. Hi, Jenny. How are you? I'm doing great. I just want to give a testimonial. Like this gentleman's that was still leaking. Well, my vehicle, I get it crowned every single year. It's mm-hmm. a 2005 Camry. Right. I have no rust on it. It's silver. And you know what? I love my car. My husband keeps on telling me to trade it in and get a new one. But I love it, and I'm keeping it. Is it the same husband, or have you traded him in, too? No, I haven't traded him in. We've been like 40 years now. Good for oh, you. wow. Congratulations. You must, him, you must have sprayed him liberally. Uh. <laughs> yeah, he must have got the on him. There you go. <laughs> but you know what? That's the best Camry they ever made. That yeah. series of Camrys, they run forever. They're bulletproof. They just don't break down. You know what? And it's, it's comfortable, and I like it, and... So I just want to keep it. So we just keep on getting it crowned every year. And there's, as I said, there's no rust and it's silver and the, you know, it's great. That's super. Oh, you thank you very much, Jenny. That's, that's really kind of you to and you know, my share that with. And you know, my husband has a car for the first time he did. He has it, but it's for sale right now. But he has a 1967 Acadian. Mm-hmm. He had You're it kidding. crowned last year. 67 <laughs> Acadian. Yeah. <laughs> That's and a Chevy got, 2 Canadian model. You might as well do it. I mean, because yeah. it doesn't hurt. It protects it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? When they sell cars at the auto auction and stuff like that, if they've got those those little plugs in the doors, they bring more money than the ones that, that aren't predicted. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, ab- absolutely. A lot, a lot of the cities do that. A lot of the cities that we work with, when they send their vehicles to auction, you know, they'll, they'll run it for, you know, six, seven, eight yes. years. And, you know, on some of the vans... They figure they'll recoup as much as twelve to fifteen hundred dollars more yes. than similar vehicles. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, my husband has a friend, and they own a business, and they get all their trucks crowned every Smart, year. Smart, yeah. Everything we own is, is actually done, yeah. not because they're a client of ours, because the stuff actually works. All right, Jenny, what's your address? We want to send you a commission check. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, thank you very much for calling in. Have yourself a great weekend. Okay, thank you. Okay, you're very Hi, welcome. We're going to go to Oakville quickly and talk to Douglas. Morning, Douglas. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. Good. Tell us about your Corolla. Uh, well, okay. I have a 2001 Corolla. I right. bought it brand new from a Toyota dealer, brand new in 2001. And I don't drive it that much because I also have a van. Uh-huh. So what happened is, uh, and I have the OB2 tester, to t- the engine light comes on when, when yeah, it comes OB- on. OB2. And it's actually an oxygen sensor, right? And you change it and it goes away. Right. And you know the codes in the book, there's like a thousand. Hey, hold on one second. I'm explaining this to the audience. OBD2 means onboard diagnostics, and OBD2 is already the second series, and you, you do get codes coming out, and those yeah. codes go through a series of tests to tell you what the failure is. So right. that's what you've been doing. Yeah. So what, hap- what happened about, well, see, if I'm not driving the car, and I'm driving my van in the, in the uh, winter, because it's never winter driven the car. Mm-hmm. So what I normally do is once a week, I take it around the block a couple of times to make sure all the mm-hmm. right. transmission, Good. everything, you know, is, you know, lubricated, right? Super. So what's the problem right now you're well, having? See, right now, I put my OBT. Uh, what happened was I went, went the battery went dead because I didn't drive it for about uh, it was two weeks. I didn't start it okay. in January, so I, I, I charged my battery with the trickle charger, brought it out, put it on, and it was dead. Mm-hmm. So now the, I, I don't know if you know the front of that car, but on the right hand side there's a big fuse block, and on the left hand side there's another one, and I think the, the other one is just headlights and horn or something. Okay, but there are there's a few relays in there, mm-hmm. and there's a few fuses, so. It's just totally dead. Mm-hmm. Like when I turn the key with, right. with the battery fully charged, and I put my meter on it, and I got 13.5 volts on the battery, mm-hmm. and it won't start. 
Right. So, so my, it won't my, won't crank. It won't go. Blah blah blah. Nothing. Blah, blah, blah. Like like the headlights won't come on. The wiper blades won't come on. Nothing. It's, main fuse is gone. Well, that's well, that's well, that's what my brother-in-law said. So we took the main fuse out. It's a is it a fifty amp or forty yeah. amp? It's a relay. Is it a relay? No, no, it's, no, a, it's a fuse. Yeah. yeah. Well, we took it out and checked, and it was okay. Mm-hmm. Because that's what the uh, book says. If you if if you if you're dead, right? The main fuse. No, if the, the car is dead. <laughs> and see, I wanna I wanna get it going this summer, right? Because I can, I don't want to sit there all summer and not even you know start up and go around the block. No, well, if you're not familiar with it yourself, I mean, I would have it towed into your local garage and and have them check see, it my out. Toyota dealer's just up the street. He's only two kilometers, so yeah. I went up there and I said, and they they've done service on the vehicle since I bought it. Sure. And I do all my I I put synthetic oil in since day one. Right. And I've always had synthetic oil. I don't know if it's a good idea or bad. I know you can't go back and forth. But anyway, so I said to him, if, I, if they bring the car here, uh-huh. or, you, or like if you come down here, it's only like two kilometers. I said, if you bring it there and you do the work on it, find a diagnostic yourself, because I can't do it uh, the proper way. Right. And then uh, they said, well, we have to charge $80 for towing. <laughs> and you can't flat tow anymore. That's against the law now. You thought about CAA or something like that. You know, the bottom line is he's got to get the car. Exactly. Doug, yeah. you're going to have to take it to the garage. You're going to have to get it checked out. Um, no solution to that. No, no, no easy answer. Try Again, you tried boosting it. didn't happen. It, it could be that perhaps you boosted it backwards at one point and blew the fuse. That happens. Or put a hammer to the starter and see if that fixes it. Otherwise, get a, <laughs> buy, a, buy, a, buy a a horse, a, a rope, and then just tow it down there. <laughs> be it's one actually horse- against the law now to, to, to tow a car. It'd be only one horsepower. Yeah, but again, go <laughs> All right, this is Dave's Corner Garage. We're going to be right back after these messages. All righty, we're back. We had a phone call to make, and we did it. And uh, Terry O'Keefe from Omvik is joining us. He's in Ottawa slash Gatineau. Oh, I thought he was eating. I thought he was eating gâteau in Ottawa. <laughs> Got to go. Got Ottawa. to eat some cake. <laughs> Terry, good morning. How are you? I'm great, guys. How are you? Good. So this is an auto show in Ottawa. It is the Ottawa Gatineau International Auto Show. And actually, uh, Terry, Terry um, <laughs> Trevor was telling me that they have a booth in that show, too. I didn't even realize that. So Actually, they're just around the corner from us on the, set, on the uh, 200 level. How big is that show? You know what? It's it's three levels. I mean, compared to the Toronto show, it is it, it's much smaller. But yeah. all the major brands are here. Some of the new models are here, and uh, uh, they're expecting over fifty thousand people to come by. Wow! All right, Terry. I, a lot of people may not realize that I didn't know, but March is uh, officially Anti Fraud Month. Yes. Yes, and 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 fraud is a problem in in the car sales world, and and we're predominantly we're talking now about. Uh, out-and-out scams, uh, and, and it's almost always uh, advertisements that you're going to find places like GG Craigslist, Auto Trader, mm-hmm. and in reality, these are advertisements for cars that, that they appear to be you know, legitimate, being mm-hmm. sold by private sellers, uh, but the private seller is a complete fraud, and the car doesn't even exist. The car doesn't exist at all? No. So what happens is you'll see a vehicle. It's advertised locally. We're, we're here in Ottawa. It looks like it's advertised here in Ottawa. Right. And when you call, usually you'll get uh, an interpretation of one of two situations. They're actually 
claiming to be a dealer from the United States, and they'll direct you to a website that has, you know, it's a very, very uh, elaborate website with all kinds of inventory and mm-hmm. testimonials. Of course, it's all fake. Uh, or the other one, of course, is they're a private seller. But the car's not actually in Ottawa or in Toronto or wherever you might be. The car is in a storage compound or on a military base because they've been transferred or they've gotten divorced, and they are going to ship it to you. But don't worry, I'm going to ship it to you with a money-back guarantee. You don't like this car, I'm going to send you back your money, and we're going to use PayPal or Google Pay or something like this. So they they try to convince you that it's protected, that it's secured, and of course it's not. So what you're saying is these are all falsehoods that they're they're telling you, and, and this is usually the method that they use, eh? That's exactly it. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. The seller is not legitimate, and the car doesn't exist. Wow. So, in other words, the guy sends a deposit or the whole amount, uh, and, and then all of a sudden all the lines are dead. And, you know, I spoke with a, a consumer not too long ago. He was, uh, he was a successful uh, businessman. He was recovering from cancer. He'd been looking for a, a car all his life, and he decided it was the right time to buy it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he found this vehicle, and it was one of the fake U.S. dealership uh, scams. Wow. Um, but as I said, the website was very elaborate, and uh, they convinced him to send half the money. It was $105,000 in total. So he wow. sent over $50,000 to them. Uh, they told him the car was being shipped. A few days later, they contact him again and say, the car is stuck at the border. We can't get it into Canada. Oh, hang on. And we need more money to get the car over the border, right? Well, the, the, what they're telling them is that the vehicle, the Canadian the Canada Border Services agents won't let the car into Canada unless it's paid in full. And they've actually fabricated an email exchange between CBSA and this fake dealership. And they send this conversation on to the consumer to show, see, this, you know, this, this shows that what we're telling you is the truth. And they, and they convince the consumer to send the rest of the money. So now they've got $105,000. There is no car. And he lost everything. Wow. wow. Well, because people are relying on what they're seeing on their video monitor in front of them rather than, you know, sourcing it out and doing their diligence. And, uh, you That's know, right. And, and, and the, what you're talking about, uh, Alan, is really important because sometimes those t- the telltale signs of the scam are in the picture uh, in the ad itself. Right. They almost never show a picture of a vehicle with a license plate. Right. Well, why? And, and, why? and There's never any license plate. plate. And, and how come there's a palm tree in the picture? That's exactly right. You know, it's supposed to be, you know, fall, but there's all kinds of leaves on the tree or spring, and there's all kinds of leaves on the tree. So those are some of the telltale signs. And I know we've talked about it before, but if you are going going to buy a vehicle remotely, first understand it's a huge risk. So don't send any money to that seller until you can verify that the car and the seller are legitimate. Spend $100, $150, hire an appraiser, and go look at the car. Don't take a risk uh, of sending thousands of dollars uh, and and then losing it all. Now, you you basically have been fighting this for quite a while. Um, When you do catch these guys, they do get fines, and they do get sometimes jail time. Well, these these on these outright scams. I mean, we're not talking about curbsiders here. Okay, uh, we're talking about fraud artists, and usually they're operating from you know, international locations. They're operating from whether it's Eastern Europe or Africa. That does tend to be two of the common places. We'll never. They'll never. They're never going to. So get they're lost. Well, no, and they're outside of your jurisdiction altogether. Yeah, Ab- absolutely. Yeah. In the case of the gentleman with the hundred and five thousand dollars, we were able to trace with the help of the American authorities that 
the money transfer that he sent, it went to a bank in Atlanta, Georgia, and it was gone in a split second and out of the country. So the bottom line here is, if you're not buying from a registered dealer in Ontario, Don't buy you're it. on your own. That's right. There, if you if if you get ripped off by one of these scam artists, you, you know you really you have to kiss your money goodbye. But if you buy privately, and it's from a curbsider, an illegal, unlicensed dealer posing as a private seller, or from an unscrupulous private seller who's going to sell you a vehicle and not disclose that it's got problems or that the odometer's been rolled back, you're on your own. OMVIC can't help you. Our complaints team can't help you. Uh, you can't make a claim to our compensation fund. Only consumers who buy from an OMVIC registered dealer have those protections. Terry, thank you. Uh, it's omvic.ca, O-N.ca. Omvic.ca will get you there as well. Yes. All right, have some gâteau for me too, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. All Thank right, you. see Enjoy you next the rest time, Terry. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Terry O'Keefe from Omvic, and uh, he's giving you good advice. If he wants you to meet you at the local McDonald's, I would suggest and let him meet you at your house. If it looked too good to be true, it probably isn't. It is, yeah. <laughs> we'll be right back. Alrighty, we're back, and uh, we've got a gentleman on the phone who has squirrels eating the wires. Keith is on the phone from Cambridge. Keith, good morning. He's just squirrel or squirrel and moose? <laughs> He's just squirrel. Okay. <laughs> good morning. Boris, Boris, take care of squirrel. <laughs> we were talking about this this morning that they, they should put a, like a taste that's bitter to animals on the, on the in the crown so that they don't touch this stuff. Well, we've tr- we've tried oil of peppermint. We've tried WD-40. Right. Wow. Um, we've tried, and I shouldn't say this on the radio, but we've tried rat poison. How about sriracha? <laughs> we've, we've, tri- yeah, well, we haven't tried sriracha, but we've tried <laughs> cayenne pepper. There you go. Is it, I'll tell you a true story. We have a pool in the back of our house, and we were in, inundated with raccoons because they'd come up, wash their hands, eat, defecate, and leave. Yep. And, and my wife is screaming, get out of here, and I take a hike. So we found out that fox urine actually prevents the raccoons from coming to our house because they think there's a predator there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, it works that way. So the bottom line is maybe there are products out there that yeah, will Yeah, you can them. buy it. As a matter of fact... Um, I, I, we had problems in our backyard as well, and you can buy coyote spray, which yeah. is, uh, you know, the yellow, the yellow stuff comes out of coyotes, yeah. and it comes in a spray can, and really? you, you, yeah, and you can spray it. But my friend Mark up at East Court Ford, prom- I told him I wouldn't tell anybody, so shh, well, it'll be our okay. secret, okay? Uh, bounce sheets apparently are really good. Bounce? Yeah, yeah, you take bounce dryer sheets, and apparently the smell in them or something, those animals don't like. Okay. So it is. It is an issue, and it's an issue because the coating on the wiring is now green. So it's not really made of rubber rubber. It's made of soya rubber, right? That's right. The, oh, okay. The base of the yes, instead of being a petrochemical, it's now a soy-based uh, okay. insulation, and that's why they like it. Tastes squirrels say it tastes good. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, somebody suggested I take peanuts in the shell, soak them in uh, Prestone, and put them up underneath the hood. Yeah, you just get squirrel barf. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor was saying this is a real problem with you our You should leaves. write a recipe book, eh? Yeah. Well, there, there's, a, 
there's a web page. It's got about 160 different ways. Yeah. Another one is actually urinating human urine, urine around the pool. But oh, I don't yeah. think you want to get into that. Yeah, well, I wish this was in a pool. <laughs> I was in a pool once, Barty. <laughs> yeah. then... Trevor, your Trevor was going to sound or smell kind of funny. As <laughs> I was saying, your wife's going to say, "What's that smell?" Yeah. yeah. Uh, you were saying about RVs have that problem. Yeah. Well, when people store them over the winter, right? And so. They, you know, they lock them up for the winter, and the park, them, park them in a field, and the critters come in, and a huge issue in that industry. Yeah. Well, it, I, our daughter started, her, had the problem last year, mm-hmm. and this year she discovered that three of her neighbors have had the same problem. Yep. And uh, I've said to them, well, talk to the condo board and see what they'll do for you. But uh, she hasn't heard back from them yet. It is a problem. It's because sometimes the vibrations of the wires attract the animals, and once they find a place that they can sort of rest a w- nest. Yeah, uh, we that's get what that. they're doing. They're yeah. building a nest. And I keep that in mind, a lot of people, uh, there was a story in the paper a couple of weeks ago about a lady who had a, a Ford. It was a Ford, I think, and it was only about three months old, and the car wouldn't start. And she thought, well, covered by warranty, right? right. And no, it was 1000 bucks she had to pay. Uh, yeah. Warranty will not pay for something like that. Yeah, no. The critters are in there, and that's uh, they're comfortable. Apparently, you can claim it on your house insurance sometimes. You know, I don't want to ever play with my house insurance. So when you got a real issue, they start. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you. Hope Good luck helps. with Squirrel. Hope you'll catch him. Yeah, you know, I had an, ar- an article like that when I was working for The Sun. Mm-hmm. And I wrote, you know, a small four inches of your cat's tail hang- hung under the hood would actually solve the problem. And they wrote back how insensitive I was, and it's cruel. And I says, yeah, you know what? You're absolutely right. One inch would do. <laughs> 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 and I still get burned for that. Yeah. Okay. You can find fake on. ones at your local retailer, eh? Yeah. Oh. Re- ah. <laughs> or get a little... Ro- Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go. We'll be right back. Okay, welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. This is our last segment, and unfortunately, it's uh, not very long. And uh, if you missed uh, any of this frivolity today yes. or uh, other weeks, you were able to go to davescornergarage.com. And check out the uh, broadcast there. Yeah, and we have a new page there. We've got a media page. Mm-hmm. If you click on it, it'll take you to all the television that we've done, the auto show, all the interviews with our friends. So it's davescornergarage.com. Uh, next week, we're going to start a contest, so you'll know that very well because I'll send you the information. If you put any more stuff up there, you're going to have to change it from media to large, okay? Because yeah. there won't be enough room, <laughs> I'm telling you. Uh, earlier this year, Honda brought out a new Accord. Mm-hmm. Uh Toyota Camry top seller Mm -hmm. and uh, soon to be replaced Nissan they expect that to be a top seller and all of a sudden the market has changed the Americans now realize the advantages of a hatchback and we've been buying hatchbacks forever up here Mm -hmm. but down in the states cars are more prevalent than SUVs and CUVs and cute Vs wherever they are elemental P's (laughs) (laughs) so the reality is they're having trouble selling cars and most manufacturers are now switching to SUV-type vehicles. Well, the largest selling vehicle is a pickup truck, right? Yeah, biggest, yeah. especially in the USA yeah. because it's uh, they're a truck. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, truck. <laughs> it's a roof. Back a in the U.S., back in the right? U.S. So the reality is now you're going to start seeing discounts on some of these most popular models, which you should just fly off the shelves, and a lack of product on the SUVs, CUVs. Do you, is there a different process for a, a semi-truck? 
Uh, for a semi truck, yes, but it, it's still very standard. Like like the way vehicles are constructed hasn't really changed an awful lot. In, right. I mean, we were talking about electric vehicles or hybrids. It still yes. has wheels. It still has a frame. It still has brakes. Yep. Still that, has a you know a, a, a propulsion system. Exactly. Mechanical systems there. So it, it, it you know regardless of what the propulsion system is, it's on the road. It's going to be uh, affected by salt and moisture and all the rest. Yeah. Okay, here's the second part of that. By 2025, BMW will have expanded its hybrid electric lineup to 25 different models. It says the EV all-electric crossover will be on sale by 2020 and will have a range of 435 miles. That's already a normal car. Trouble is, there's only 18,000 recharging stations in all of the United States. And I bet you there's way less in Canada. <laughs> I think there's six. Well, I mean, they're going to have to ramp them up. I mean, the, the provincial government just gave up a bunch of money to yeah. uh, for recharging stations. But would you buy an EV right now? I mean, the government's kicking in. The government's kicking up in money for a vehicle up to $75,000. So, really? Yeah. So no more money for like Tesla, which is one hundred and twenty-five dollars or $30,000. Uh, okay, okay, okay. So they're trying to get these smaller vehicles, the Bolt and the Leaf and whatever is out there. Uh, so you get money. Basically, they're paying the customers to buy electric. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. It will. It will become more prevalent. Like there's. There's no question where it's going. But the the recharging stations. I mean, if you're in urban areas, it makes a lot of sense. It's trying to get the suburban market. That's really a challenge. Yes, exactly. And and the reality being that you've got a battery operated car. You got the heater going. You got the lights going. You got everything going. The energy is being used up pretty quickly. And um, so our driving habits will have to change too. But and, you know, it's funny. But I, I've never seen one on the side of the road. And they're usually pretty visible because they have the green license plates on them. Yes, right. Do you ever yeah. see one on the side of the road? No, actually, no, no, no. Okay. Here's something I found really interesting. Um, cars that are not made in North America but have North American plates. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buick Envision, made? China. China. Chevrolet Trax. Uh, Korea? And Mexico. Okay. Ford EcoSport is the only one made in Michigan. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where is it made? Oh, I'm sorry, I lied. Ford EcoSport was made in India. Transit Connect. Um, England? Spain and Turkey. Ah. Jeep Renegade. Italy. Italy is right. It's actually a Fiat uh, driver. That's right, because it's uh, part of the Fiat conglomerate. Right. Mm-hmm. Dodge Charger and Challenger. Canada. Right. Woo-hoo! But according to the States, it's a foreign country. <laughs> <laughs> so you see Donald's got some issues. He really does. He's got some issues here when he's trying to say. Especially, he was he was dating a model named Evie, and uh, <laughs> she, she they, they made her sign a non disclosure. I'm uh, surprised pack, you know. there hasn't been any sheep coming up that they dated Donald Trump. <laughs> Everybody in the world has dated Donald Trump. That's a bad joke, dude. Seriously, <laughs> bad joke. Okay, Trevor, thank you so much for joining us. It's you been are great. welcome. Uh, crown.ca and crown.com. Visit right. our new website. You kidding? You have a new one? I was yeah, on there. We've, we've redesigned it. But same address, though. Same address. <laughs> All right. I want to thank Terry for calling in from uh, from Ottawa at the Gatineau uh, Ottawa yeah. show there. Um, make sure you buy in haste. If it looks too good, don't buy it because it's probably a lie. Yes. Go to our website, davescornergarage.com. All kinds of stuff there. We've been adding stuff now. And uh, we'll see you next week. we got to say hi to Steve in Jamaica, who maybe is listening. Yeah, we're not supposed to tell you where he is. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's avoiding the authorities. <laughs> well, <laughs> see you next week, everybody. Thanks again. Bye-bye.
This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740.